Welcome to the Practical Growth Podcast. I'm your host, E.B. Johnson, top writer on Medium.com, published author, and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. You've landed on the podcast that takes you on a journey into the heart of relationships and self-discovery. This is a must listen for those who are ready to overcome their toxic relationships and their toxic patterns. You can expect real talk, practical guidance, and raw and relatable guests that you'll be talking about for weeks. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, hello again, my lovelies, and welcome back to another great episode of the Practical Growth Podcast. It is me, your host, EB, your favorite medium.com writer, your favorite TikTok coach, and we're back, back, back again, back, back, back again. Can you believe I've made it this many weeks in a row? I told you guys that that burnout episode was real, but I took my own advice. I live by the sword and I die by the sword. And, you know, I'm I'm back and I'm handling this year so, so far, so good. So far, so good. And that is why I'm here with a very cool episode that I think you'll enjoy. And I want this episode to be a lot of a conversation. You know, I want it to be kind of a dialogue. Yes, I know it's one-sided, right? Because you're sitting in your car or you're, you know, sitting in your bedroom or you're on the the treadmill or the elliptical or you're walking or you're you going to pick up the kids and we're not really sitting in a room having a conversation but I want to have a conversation with you and while I'm having this conversation with you today I want you to really think I want you to really question yourself question where you're at and question the reality of your situation um, and as we progress in this conversation I then want you to think about your future think about the future of your kids Think about the future of, you know, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, what's going to happen to them? Uh, Where are they going? And I want you to make some decisions today. And I want you to think about what this topic is going to look like when you really dig deep and apply it to your life. So what are we talking about? Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about generational trauma. More importantly, we're going to talk about what you need to do to break it. And it is the scariest thing of all, because do you know what breaks generational family curses faster than anything else talking about them by the end of this episode i want you to be convinced i want you to be convinced not that you have to like go and start a podcast or write a book or start a medium blog or get on tiktok and cry or anything like that but i want you to be convinced that you have to start speaking up about what happened to you the trauma you experienced who was responsible for it how it affected you the bad decisions you made on the other side of it And that you want it to stop. By the end of this episode, I want you to be able to say, yeah, you know what? I get it. I get it. I'm going to have to just this, this, this ends. I'm going to have to confront this. I'm going to have to say it out loud. I'm going to have to address people. I'm going to have to confront issues. And this is going to stop. I'm going to expose it. It ends with me. That's what I want you to be convinced of by the end of this episode. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about breaking that curse, speaking up, standing up for ourselves and saying, no, this is actually what happened and it's not going to be a family secret anymore. Before we jump in, I just want to give a big shout out to my new clients. Uh, Several of you have signed on in the last couple of days to join my one-on-one eight-week private coaching program. Uh, Big kudos to you, big pats on the back. Um, If you are out there and you're listening, which I know that you guys are, um, make sure you do something to celebrate yourselves today and get ready for the hard work. For anyone else that wants to join in, um, anyone who is actually serious 
about doubling down, committing to themselves, committing to that future that they dream about, that they tell everybody they want, where they feel good and they look good and they're happy and they do what they want. Um, If you're serious about that and you want that, then I have a couple spots left. Okay. So I don't do many, don't do many openings for this coaching program because it is one-on-one, right? You work with me one-on-one every week over video, over the phone, and we get it done, right? We reprogram your, your beliefs, your thoughts, your behaviors, your values. Um, We help you to regulate your emotions. I give you the tools to regulate your nervous system, Um, So if you are serious, if you're ready to actually make change, make progress on all these years of therapy that you've committed to, um, all the books and programs and courses you've already read up until this point, then there's still a few spots. So if you want to apply for that, then you can head over to therealebjohnson.com slash working with me. Click on the application link there, fill it out, and uh, let's get you sat down in front of me. Everyone who applies and qualifies then gets to sit down with me for a free 30-minute one-on-one call just to see if you're a good fit. So if you want to do this, if you want to get face-to-face with me, if you want to take action immediately in your life to improve it and make sure that this year doesn't end the way last year did, then you need to apply now because these spots will close for my March, April program. So apply now, therealebjohnson.com slash working with me. All right, buckle up, buttercup. Um, if you are, you know, if you're like at work or doing something that is that can that you really have to kind of like pay attention to or invest in, then this is probably the time to pause this episode and come back to it at a later date. Um, Because like I said, this is an action episode, I want you to, um, you know, to be kind of baptized by fire through this episode, I want you to feel like you have to commit to something you have to do something on the other side more than that, we're going to get emotional, we have to get emotional because that's the only way you're going to be motivated enough to do what needs to be done to make sure that this crap that's been going on in your family generation after generation stops with you. Okay, so if you're not in a quiet space or a space where you can't focus, then just go ahead, pause this episode uh, and come back at a later time for everyone else. Get your notebooks out or, you know, get yourself into a nice comfy spot and let's get into it. Generational trauma, all of these abuses and cycles and patterns that have just been dripping down and vomiting down and being passed down from person to person, generation to generation through your family. uh, It's got to stop. It has to stop. It has to stop. I don't know if you have looked at a newspaper, watched the television or, you know, been on social media, been anywhere like within 10 feet of Facebook, then you know that the world is absolutely in chaos at the moment. Yes, some things for us get better, right? Crime rates in some respects are lower uh, in some respects and worse in some other ones. People are definitely struggling with money. They're struggling to provide for their families. There's a lot of uncertainty on a social level, on a political level, on a financial level, uh, you know, global (laughs) economy level. So there's a lot going on. The planet is um, going through some changes, going through some shifts. And we've come to a point where, yes, on an individual level, but on a, you know, a global scale too, uh, something has to give. It's got to stop. The way we're doing things has to to change. Uh, If we are committed to having this world in which we bring more and more people into the world and put more and more strain on our societies, on ourselves, on our resources, then we have to learn how to live in more compassionate and empathetic ways. That cannot happen when there are just 
billions of traumatized people walking around because what do so many traumatized people struggle with? Empathy, accepting empathy, showing empathy to people who hurt them. And more than anything else, we need a society now which is empathetic, which is compassionate, which looks out for the least of people to build up the strongest among us, right? It's all interconnected. The world is like a giant freaking brain and every single one of us are a neuron or a synapse. And if we are not functioning at our best, if we are not at peace, if we are not stable, if we are not loving, if we are not connected to the person next to us in a healthy fashion, things dysfunction. It gets off balance. It goes wrong and it trickles through the system. So for all of us to have a better life, each one of us has to have a better life. And for millions and billions of us, that has to fundamentally start with recovering ourselves from the trauma that we have been through. For most of us, that that trauma started in childhood. And for a huge number of those people, it has never been addressed. You've just now coming to a point where you're starting to address the fact that you got screwed over, you got abused, you got intentionally hurt, diminished, demeaned, made small for the convenience of someone who cared more about themselves than you as a child. Okay, that's just the reality for a lot of us. And for us to stop that, it has to be brought into the light. Okay, it has to be brought into the light. I did not end up here because I thought that this was a really attractive thing to do. Let me tell you, okay, I come from an old school family that believes you don't talk about these things. You don't talk about what goes wrong in the family. You don't talk about what your parents do wrong to you that then messes up the trajectory of your life. You don't talk about it. You always project strength, happiness, success at all times. That's the kind of family that I come from. So every day when I get on here on this microphone or on TikTok or on Medium and talk about my life and expose things that happened to me in childhood, bad decisions that I made as a result of, you know, that childhood, it's uncomfortable. I don't like to do it, but I landed here because it had to happen. It had to happen this way. Had I not been put in a position where talking about what happened to me you know, gave me the power to write and to do podcasts and do videos. Had I not landed here, I would not have worked through all of this. I would not have worked through all of this in the ways that I've worked through it. Yes, on some level, I would have acknowledged that my mother was toxic. Okay. But I never would have acknowledged the bigger picture, the narcissistic abuse, the almost kind of like structural, intrinsic, inherent level of manipulation and subterfuge that came with, you know, having that kind of a mother growing up in that kind of a family. I never would have come to the point where I understood it so deeply had I not started talking about it, had I not exposed it. I would have kept gaslighting myself. I would have kept accepting excuses. I would have kept denying reality if I had not opened up and started talking about this trauma that cycles through my family every generation. You have to talk about your generational trauma. So what is that? What is generational trauma? Uh, in the in the simplest answer, it is all of those terrible, horrible, abusive, neglectful, damaging cycles and patterns that that go through your family, right? So We'll just use my family as an example because I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book. And so I've been doing a lot of family history. 
Um, And so we'll use my family as the example of generational trauma because it's an excellent one. So you guys know well the relationship that I had with my mother and all the crappy, crappy things that happened there with my mother and my family. So that is our generation. That is the relationship my mother and I had. That is that generation. Just a whole bucket full of trauma, hoarding, emotional abuse, you know, the the traumatized nervous system, adoption, you name it, we got it. Now let's look at the relationship between my mother and her mother. Uh, I think I heard my mother speak about her mother maybe twice my entire life, twice my entire life. She never, ever, I think my, I'm pretty sure my grandmother, my maternal grandmother was dead before I was born or she died not long after I was born. Either way, I never met her. I didn't even know her name until I was probably like 24, 25 years old. And my mother died when I was 27. Um, That is because my maternal grandmother, my mom's mother was horribly abusive, horribly, horribly, horribly abusive. My mom said that she was a big drunk and it seemed that she died of an alcohol related something uh, in the 80s. She was neglectful. She allowed horrible abuses to happen to my mom and she took a lot of pleasure in it. That was one thing I do remember my mom saying is that like at one point they had a pet chimpanzee in the house and it would attack my mother and like bite her face and pull pull out her hair and her mother would laugh. She thought it was really, really great fun. Um, And then eventually she ran off and abandoned all her kids anyway. So they had a very, very, very bad relationship. So I started doing some digging. Well, I found out that my maternal grandmother became a mother at 15, 16. Yes, with my grandfather. Wonderful. Um, And then before her, her mother, who had been extremely poor, had gotten married at a really, really young age had started having children at that really young age, uh, had seemingly there had been some mental health issues, uh, and her husband had died at a very, very, very young age. So you see young death, young struggling parents, alcohol problems, mental health problems, every generation. And I can only imagine what it would have been like in the 1930s and the 1940s when my maternal grandmother was a child becoming a mother, how tough that life was. She was growing up in Kansas during the Great Depression, you know, the Dust Bowl, the whole thing. What options were there for an uneducated 15-year-old girl who was living in poverty who only had a mother, a dead father, and no prospects? So it's understandable how that life became the traumatic mother that she was to my mother. And then it's understandable how my mother turned into the mess that she was for me. That is generational trauma. That it ha- that is how it happens. Each generation, crappy parents, crappy grandparents, aunts, uncles, siblings crap on each other and then everyone just keeps doing it and no one stops and goes, "Hey, maybe we should not do this to each other. Maybe we should just do something different, not speak to each other this way, not hurt each other this way, not drink, not, you know, whatever it is that is toxic in that family. It just keeps happening and no one just stops and literally intellectually addresses what is going on. This generational trauma comes at a cost, okay? And I'm not talking about some listicle, you know, line item of of damages, right? I'm not talking about, you know, it hurts your relationships, it hurts this, it hurts that. Generational trauma literally changes the DNA of a family. It literally changes the way DNA is expressed 
in offspring and no, not for the better. Certain genes get deactivated and when they are deactivated and then reproduce, they don't necessarily reproduce correctly. Or when they do reproduce, they reproduce with some errors, which may encourage things like mental health disorders, anxiety, depression. It can cause weight issues, insomnia. There's all kinds of ties in the way this trauma dribbles down through families and warps DNA. And what's happening if this DNA is not healthy when it's passed down? Then the offspring cannot be as healthy, right? That comes at a cost. We are literally passing down mental illness and anxiety. So much negativity. We are creating people who are going to traumatize other people who are going to battle unless they become highly aware their own DNA on top of the traumatic environments that they are existing in. So this generational trauma literally has an effect on the DNA in our offspring. Changes the whole prospects of the family, what they they will be able to accomplish for themselves if they don't gain that radical awareness and willingness to manage themselves, to change, to control themselves. So what do we do then? How does it stop? How does it stop? Listen, no one ever likes to hear this. When I say this to my clients, they balk. Some of them literally like pull back in their seats. You have to start talking about it. You have to start talking about it and you have to start talking about it with anger, with an absolute, um, almost like fervor commitment to having space for yourself for saying, no, this happened. And if you don't like it, then you can, you can F off, but this happened and it will be acknowledged and it will not happen again. How do you expect none of this to happen again? If you just stay quiet and stay inside your head, how is it not going to happen again? Because you were not the only piece of your trauma. Were you, you were not the only piece of your trauma. Your parents were involved in your trauma. Your siblings were involved in your trauma. You probably had friends involved in your trauma, overstepping boundaries that you didn't even communicate with them because you didn't have, you know, whatever the ability, whatever it is. All of that stuff will continue unless you start talking loudly about your boundaries and about why you have those boundaries. It's not going to change if you just sit and journal all day and talk to yourself. Yes, that is a huge part of it, right? You absolutely have to change your mindset from within, change your approach from within. But the external factors of your trauma have to have external responses. Okay? You cannot just think by itself and change things. You have to think and you have to act. And part of that acting when it comes to ending generational trauma is being loud about not accepting it anymore. The people in your family are going to keep thinking that everything's normal and everything's fine the way it is with the pain and the suffering unless you start calling it out when it happens. Unless you start saying, you won't do this to me and mine because this ends here. And yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow, but it is what it is. I know that in this moment, for a lot of you listening, it sounds like the scariest thing in the world because it means calling out your mother. It means calling out your father. It means admitting that in multiple moments in time, the people that you loved were not the people they were supposed to be. But guess what? 
everybody gets to be accountable. Everybody gets to be accountable. I've been held accountable for all the crappy stuff I've done in my life, like immediately as well, like immediately. Everybody has to be accountable for what they do. And the sooner that we all do that and we just suck it up and accept that, the better things will get. The less personal things have to be, the less painful things have to be in terms of your generational trauma, it ends. It ends because it has nowhere left to hide. If you stop keeping secrets, it has nowhere left to hide. Your message will be heard. What does this look like in practicality? What does it look like in practicality? Does that mean that you're all going to get a podcast? You're all going to write a book? Uh, you all are going to become these like wellness uh, internet personalities? No, um, because there will be, you know, some of you who will try to use that for just that reason, for the attention, and it will not work. It will fail miserably. When I say that you have to speak up, and you have to start talking about it. I mean, in the real world where it counts. Okay. Talking about yourself to a ton of strangers does no good if you're not talking about your new boundaries, your reality, what you will and will not accept, who is and is not a part of what has or has not happened to you. None of that changes unless you apply it to your real life. Because I'll tell you right now, writing a book or, you know, starting a TikTok account or whatever is not going to change anything in your life. It will change nothing in your life. The applause of others will change nothing in your life if you are not actively changing things behind the scenes in the real world. And that starts with communication and calling it out. Simple as. So none of the other steps are going to work until you commit to that. So you commit to talking about it with friends, with family, withdrawing the line and standing by that line, even if it means cutting ties, even if it means being put in a different place in someone's life, because you'll have to accept that the people that existed in your life pre-boundaries are not going to like it when you start, you know, saying this is my reality and you can either stand in it with me or you can get out of the way. They won't like that. And so they will opt to move you in their lives before you can move them in yours. And you just have to accept that and understand that that discomfort is part of the birth of a new life. That's the cost. If you want to be reborn into a better life, into a state in which you feel better about yourself, in which you can communicate, in which you can harness that anger for good, all of that, if you want all of that, you're going to have to go through the discomfort of birth. It's painful, it's uncomfortable, and it's lingering, right? It's going to be uncomfortable for a while, not just for a minute, and you have to accept that. And if you've got children, you need to know that that is the cost of protecting them. You are the sacrifice for their better life. And if you don't stand up and do this now, if you don't start talking about it and making it vocally, verbally, clearly known that... This ends with me. It goes no further than here. If you're not willing to do that, then you are going to leave them vulnerable to the same mistakes repeating. If not with you, then, you know, with everyone else in their life. So you'll have to decide what you're willing to do for your children and what you're not willing to do. 
I can't answer that for you. I can't answer that for you, but I can tell you, you got to start speaking up. You did not deserve what happened to you. You are not responsible for what happened to you. You are not responsible for the hell that the trauma wreaked on your brain, on the rest of your nervous system, on your endocrine system, on your on the rest of your body. You're not responsible for the chronic illness that resulted from it. You're not responsible for, you know, necessarily the warped points of view that it gave you. But you are responsible for the cleanup. You are responsible for the mistakes that you made. As a result of that corrupted programming you were given. I'm sorry. I am so sorry for what happened to you. I'm sorry, but your life is your investment property. Okay. It is your investment property. From time to time, you rent out pieces of that property to people that you believe that you can trust. And sometimes they betray that trust and they trash the property. And then what happens? You are still responsible. You're still responsible for the cleanup because it is your investment. It is your investment. Your life is your investment property. So you have to do what is best, even if you are not responsible for the mess left behind. And that is the cost of being human. So what do you think? Do you feel, do you feel motivated? Do you feel like you know what you got to do? Because that's what I wanted. That's what I hope you have gotten from this episode. I hope that you have um, been inspired, maybe been angered a little bit. Maybe feel a bit more um, validated, present in yourself. Maybe I have confirmed something that you've been thinking all along. And if you've been having these thoughts... Maybe I should start talking about it. It's happening for a reason. It's happening for a reason. Just remember, you don't have to shoot for the stars. You don't have to write a top book. You don't have to start recording a podcast. You don't have to, you know, get on the internet and expose yourself or your family to the strangers to devour. Okay. You don't have to do any of that. You simply have to start talking about it in your real life and go from there. Find the courage to speak up. To the people who did it. Hold them accountable. Hold yourself accountable. That's what I wanted you to get from this episode. So, if you did, thank you so much. I'm glad. I hope it illuminated you a little bit. For everyone else, I I don't know. I don't know. We all get to the path when we're ready to get to the path. And some of us, some of us have been burning bridges for decades. So... Whatever you choose to do, do it because it is right for you, because it makes you feel stronger, because it makes you feel more compassionate, because it makes you feel more alive, more present, more in control of your life, more like you're doing what you need to do for you. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. You can find me on medium.com at EB Johnson, um, and you can find me on TikTok as well at the real EB Johnson. And I'm even on Instagram, if you're into that kind of a thing, you know, Uh, go ahead and find me, follow me, send me a little message um, and check out my coaching programs. And if you love the episode, leave a five star review on um, Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find me, uh, helps me reach the right audience. uh, And it just kind of helps this podcast get seen because I put a lot into it and I don't get paid for it. So (laughs) help me out. Leave a five star review. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much. So. Till next time, keep your heads up, keep your eyes on the stars. 
Bye-bye.